You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, MB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper is doing some sort of shtick, uh, you know, where it's a dog thing, and at first you think, oh, that's weird, because why would a producer be doing that? But then we, you know, let you know that he's a dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's how we start these episodes. Well, first you hear a jaunty tune, uh, written by my friend Dahlia Hamilton, great artist. Uh, but yeah, uh, well first, first before that, you see a thumbnail made by, uh, Jad, uh, an artist we have, and you see it's a new episode, and maybe if my you like- My friend Jad Javak, and I go on Photoshop yeah. and give it a new number, yeah. and it pops up in your- Whatever you follow us from's feed. Yeah, and maybe if you're interested in whatever movie we're reviewing, or you just like hearing us talk, probably the first one, uh, you uh, uh, you click on it, and then you hear my friend Dahlia Hamilton's theme music. Then you hear us do those introductions as outlined. And then we say what movie we're talking about this week. Yeah. So this week we're talking Colossal. From, uh, double check. It's 2016. 2016, uh, directed by Nacho Vigalando. Yes. Uh, who this is really? I mean, he has other movies he made. This is the only really notable movie. Really, uh, but he's the writer and director. I saw. Yeah, he's also, uh, but he also does a lot of TV directing. Like, he directed three episodes of the wildly popular series uh, "Our Flag Means Death." Uh, the uh, mean to watch it? I have watched it. I watched Eight. it all in one day. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, colossal. Uh, more like colossal waste of time. Oh. I actually like this movie a lot. I've been pushing Brandon to do this for a while. Yes. So, yep. So we talked about colossal, and uh, I guess we'll start with our overall thoughts about it. Yeah. So, going. I'll I'll say mine first because you know that you have a generally positive thing. Um, yeah. I thought this is a very I thought it was a fun time. I had some fun stuff with it, but I did have like problems with it. Okay. So like, I liked it. I didn't love it. There were certain moments I thought was were great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, the guy's name main Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis is excellent in this movie. He really he's is. really he steals the show and like everything he's in. But I think some of the like I love all a lot of the parts of this movie. I think sometimes how they fit together is a little. Eh, but I love yeah. the parts. Okay. So, and I told you my only real problem with this movie is the flashbacks. Oh yeah, full spoilers by the way. Yeah, uh and the well so we should because the flashbacks are hopefully you've watched this movie. Uh that uh, but yeah, the flashbacks they the movie's concept if you haven't is that Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis uh, realize uh, that they, if they go into one particular uh, park in their town at a very specific time, uh, 8.05, uh, they, uh, over in Seoul, two kaiju appear and 
are puppeted by whatever they did, like motion capture kind of thing. By their movements. And only them. Like, other people who walk into the park at that time, nothing. And you know what? I would be willing to just go off that. I'd be willing to just, you know, okay, this is something that is happening. Cool. Like, I think it's such a... (laughs) It's such an out there concept that drawing attention to itself makes it worse. Yeah, like Do you get me? Like I'm trying to like, it's not like, like the that. it's not like the explanation is suddenly like, oh, this scientifically makes sense. Because the flashbacks try and give an explanation. It's and magic. So, and, yeah, which we already knew it was magic. We already knew it was magic. We don't need like, it'd be kinda like what's that famous story about the guy who turns into the roach? Uh it's uh the transformation. Metamor- it'd, it'd be like if they said, "Ooh, well, here's how we did it. Like, here's why this happened." You yeah, know? and it's, like it doesn't it doesn't matter for this. Yeah, and like it's you know so it's flashbacks where like they were kids and uh, both characters were kids and they were walking through a park with a like a diorama of Seoul, Korea, and for some sort of school project. And the boy, and Jason Sudeikis, as a kid, smashed it, and Anne Hathaway noticed and yelled at him while she got struck by lightning, and then he also got struck by lightning, and they were both holding action figures. Of the characters that the the kaijus turn into. That then no one... No no one one brings up. Yeah, no one's like, hey... That looks like... I, I used to have that toy as a kid. Like, okay, folks... If all of a sudden uh, Buzz Lightyear started storming around like Tokyo or Seoul or some other city, someone would notice that. (laughs) Someone would mention, hey, that looks a lot like Buzz Lightyear. And then thankfully it'd all be like, because Disney lawyers would deal with it and then the monster wouldn't attack anymore. It'd be sad. (laughs) Like they're strong lawyers. (laughs) Yeah. So. Oh God. It's it's like that. Imagine if we ever have, if we ever have a national tragedy that encroaches on a large corporation's IP. Oh my How will they talk about it, Brandon? <laughs> oh, like like if it was like a like I don't know like a a fucking Woody from Toy Story like if the balloon and it like smashes and kills ten people. Yeah. Or if... do they own the do they own the rights yeah. to talk about the tragedy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they Disney have... have to make the Oscar movie about that. <laughs> Otherwise, the other companies would be sued to oblivion. I don't. There has to be some use of fair use because you're yeah. you can't substitute that with Toy yeah. Story. <laughs> Nobody's gonna be watching that, being like, I could have just watched Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get what the big deal is. So. Like this. So, oh yeah, overall, um, yeah, that is what if the weakest part of the movie. What if that. Hayao Miyazaki turns out to have been right about the afterlife? It is just like spirited away. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, we know how Ghibli lawyers are. The do- Any documentation of that fact is going to be like, scrub from the web. <laughs> Get it out of here. So yeah, my goodness. Um, so that is the weakest part of the movie. I think this movie... Ah, uh, it's so... There's a big shift that happens, like, halfway in. So, yeah, that's the thing. Why Sudeikis' performance is so good is, like, for the first half, he's giving a good but not mesmerizing, uh, very serviceable 
romantic lead in a in a rom com kind of performance. Like, yeah, but you get a little smattering. So I guess we're going too much then, detail. Probably want to give like a. I like think the story I feel like we, Yeah, do we want story? Let's break tradition. This is like. Is Okja weirder than this? Is this the weirdest movie we've done on here? I think this is weirder than Okja. Okay. Yeah, this like, is the weirdest movie we've done. Like, Okja so we'll is tradition. a more traditional movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in Okja, you don't have a man controlling the pig creature. Well, Brandon, that's the entire narrative, uh, you know, crux of the film is whether or not man can control that pig creature. I mean, Did like, you not watch Okja? <laughs> that's... That's the big reveal, Nolan. I just closed my eyes the whole time. I look over at you on the couch and your <laughs> eyes are shut tight. I, I have headphones on, my eyes are shut. <laughs> that's that's my big ruse, folks. No, but uh Okay, but yeah, so the so, plot of this is Or wait. Uh uh probably what that monster do first. Okay, so we will keep with tradition. Yes. Okay, so it, it's a quick one. So there's two kaijus in this movie. Um or I guess one kaiju, one big robot, or however that works. Well, I think we determined once upon a time that mechs do count as kaiju. Okay, yes. Jet Jaguar's a kaiju. Yeah. All right, so we have two... You have two creatures in this movie. We have... I don't think they're ever named. I don't think they are. They're just the monster and the robot. Yeah, that's literally what the news calls them. Oh, yeah, so the monster looks a lot like a kind of a gnarly... He kind of looks like a monster version of uh what's that green guy who looks like a thing of like a stalk? Do you know the one? The Jolly Green Giant? No, it's like uh he looks like made out of clay. Gumby? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like a monster Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> so, just your I don't think he's a super memorable design. He's just like, oh, he's got horns. Yeah. And he's kind of like a little bit, looks a bit like a tree monster, a little bit like a little demon creature. Yeah. Um, weird, like elephantine feet. But um, and the other monster is just it's just a big robot. Big ass robot. It's a big it, it robot. It literally looks like a Pacific Rim robot. Yeah, or a or a it's knockoff the, Optimus. Prime. It's got the like the, but I think the Pacific Rim thing. because the chest thing. I get you. Yeah. So that. So those are the two monsters in this movie, and there's enough from reading about it. So we said they were like mocap. They didn't actually mocap them. Really? That was hand animation. Yeah. Huh. They used it as I reference. Feel... Like I feel like that'd be easier. <laughs> yeah, it'd be much easier because that's the idea of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but they purpose. I I guess for some reason they wanted to like make sure that they were distinct enough characters that they like they would still look different or something. It was weird. Okay. But it, it was hand animated, which I guess makes sense because I don't. I think the kaiju show up on screen, like not with like a little TV thing. I think four times. That makes sense. It's around four to five. Like it's yeah. not like every every ten minutes there's something. Yeah. A few times, like especially at the end of the second act, there's a long stretch without it. Yeah. But um. Yeah, they show up a few times. The destructions, the CG is good in this movie, and I think a reason they use it so sparingly is so it would look good when it was there. Yeah, I could imagine a version of this movie that has twice as much stuff with the kaiju's, and it looks half as good. Yeah, like it looks about what you expect for like a modern, you know, movie with CG and monster elements in it, 
But because it was an independent film with like a smaller budget, it's like they had to use that sparingly to keep up with the quality. So I think that was I think it was interesting. So they they show up in the movie and they do some weird stuff and fights and yeah. And then they uh they they throw a robot. <laughs> yeah, a robot does get thrown. So that's about what that monster do. That is what that monster do. Uh, so then the the plot of the story and. There's a lot to unpack here. A lot of people to talk about. Uh, but so is so yeah. The plot is that twenty five years ago, or I guess since this took place in two thousand sixteen when the movie came out. Thirty one years ago. Thirty one <laughs> years ago, a a robot appeared. Or no, a monster briefly, very briefly appeared. In, in Korea. In Korea, but was thought of as a hoax. Because yeah. it was like for three there's like seconds. One, there's like one photo of it. It's super like blurry. Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, it's fake. Like, that's then, the opening scene of the movie. It's like this um, yeah. Korean girl with a with a Sailor Moon doll. Yeah. That and like, gets like, oh my god, it's a monster. And then it cuts to... Yeah. And then, flashing forward to five years ago. Six years ago? Six years ago now. Six years ago. Fuck. But, uh, yeah, they, Anne Hathaway's an alcoholic and her boyfriend played by Dan Stevens, who I've actually met. Cool guy. Really? Where'd yeah. you meet him? Uh, so, uh, I went to this play on Broadway right before the pandemic shut Broadway down in 2020. He was there. It was like my birthday gift from... Uh, from my ex, who then, full circle for our activities today, <laughs> I broke up with the day after I saw Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one. Oh my god. We're, we're seeing we're, Sonic 2 this afternoon. We're seeing Sonic 2 this afternoon. What if it repeats itself? <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I can't do the podcast anymore. <laughs> no! So, you see, when Nolan walks into a Sonic movie, you know, he's got a lot of baggage. <laughs> He's like, what? I have decisions I need to make, and I don't know how I to do that. I need to shed the. I need to <laughs> shed these. This baggage in the same way that Sonic <laughs> is shedding these rings. <laughs> so when you go out, like in the in the theater after the movie plays, you pull out your phone, and you yeah. call whoever you need to call, and you're like, I can't do this so, anymore. You know the thing with. The, and you walk out of the theater a changed person. The thing with the Sonic <laughs> movies, though, that you know, confused me a bit. You know, I don't get their attempt at adaptation, Brandon. Because, like, mm. why would you divorce half of Sonichu from from himself? Why only do half of Sonichu's persona? <laughs> why, Brandon? Why? <laughs> well, you see here, Noel, it's because it's half Pikachu, and Nintendo is famously tough with their lawsuits. It's half you know Sega knows that Sonichu's a thing? Oh god! Did they put out a statement when Christian? No, 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 no. But it was like one like live stream thing they did. And there was they were opening a package, and one of the social media people was like, was like, "Ooh, what's this? A Sonic? Ooh, a Sonic Chew? Okay, what about so they're aware someone, of it? Okay, someone who's into the Sonic Chew comic book, but unironically, and tries to separate the art from the artist in regards to Christian. Listen, I know that she did terrible things, but Cal Graduan's art in the narrative? 
it. It's beautiful. <laughs> when the when he when he looks over at his gay lover and says to the the Reddit the four cent garbage, no, we won't let them win. And they passionately kiss as the building burns down around them. Is an arc, and we need that representation. Holy shit. So back to Colossal. Yeah, back to... So, um, yeah, it opens with that. Uh, She's an alcoholic. Her boyfriend is... uh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, you're a drinker. I've had enough of this. Oh, Dan Stevens was in the play. That's why I was bringing that up. But, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Dan Stevens, it was a good play. Uh, Martin McDonough's The Hangman. Uh, it got canceled immediately in previews because of the pandemic. But if you can pick the script up or you ever see a production in a, in a regional theater, it's really fucking good. Uh, but, yeah, so Dan Stevens is like, I can't deal with you when you're drunk. Get your stuff out of my apartment. We're, we're broken up. Yeah, we're breaking up. You gotta get out of here when I get home. So she yeah. goes, dang. So she moves back to her hometown because her parents are like vaguely away and Something? currently not renting the house out. So she's staying at it. It's like kind of like a rundown. Like there's leaves in the pool. All the furniture is like missing. It's kind of weird. But, I feel um, like it would have been. I feel like there it would have made more sense to just be like, you know, her parents died a few years ago and she's just not sold the house yet or something. Yeah. Maybe that was a version of it and they decided to, like, tone that or something. And, like, you know, because, like, her character is, like, was a famous writer who has been laid off who, like, for, like, a... I don't know if it was, like, for for some... The implication seems to be for some sort of magazine or something. Yes. But they keep her... They keep her backstory pretty big. So you can um, kind of, like, connect yeah. with her. So it's not like, oh, I went to this specific thing and this happened. But yeah, she, she gets back to the house and she's, uh... She was the creator of BuzzFeed Unsolved. That's what we're going Exactly. It used to be Ryan, Shane, and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> the lost third member. Yeah. After... <laughs> After the controversy, she had to be edited out of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what happened was... But yeah, so she... So she, she moves gets an air mattress. And she she's living, like, in shambles. But she... Reminds me of BoJack in season four at this time. Yeah. But she coincidentally runs into her... her One of her close friends growing up who never left town. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. So it's him, and he, he starts off, you know, fine, kind enough, and he's, like, driving his pickup truck, and he's like, oh, what's up? What? Oh, what? Is that you? Oh, my goodness. So they talk about, and they're like, oh, trying to catch up, and he's like, oh, are you doing anything? And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. So he gets, uh, yeah. he meets her. He goes, he's like, I have a bar. He, and it turns out he and his entire friend group are also alcoholics. Uh, yep. And they run a bar. I'm sure there's... There's no issue there. Hey, listen. As proud Bostonians, my, our our cultural heritage, cheers, is run on that very concept of a recovering alcoholic running a bar. <laughs> so I will, you keep those words out of your <laughs> dirty mouth, Brandon. Yeah, so she's, I thought it was a small town. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of, you know... Yeah, we grew up in like a smaller town. We've got town. like twenty minutes to finish summing this movie yeah. up, so we should we should go faster. Go, go, go. Uh, so yeah, so but yeah, small town, and she 
keep, because she's drink, staying up all night drinking with them, then walking home and cutting through the park. She walks through the park. And she, and at first it takes her a while to figure out during these, because uh, that when she's doing this, this is causing the monster attacks across the world, but it is. Yes, like you notice this is the first time she's like hauling the air mattress beyond her shoulder, and she realizes like a few days afterwards that the footage of the of the, the monster walking through Seoul is looking like it's holding the bag. Yeah. So it's like, oh goodness. So she does a little fu- uh, montage of practicing things, and I think... This is one of the things where I wondered if... Oh, it's weird, because I like a lot of the tone things of this, but I'm also like, I kind of wanted a, f- a fun little scene of this. But I don't know if that's me being like... We've seen so many of these kaiju movies where it's like, the destruction is a fun thing. Yeah. At this, We're on episode, like, what, 52? Yeah. I, we've never... I don't think we've really gone, had moments where it's like, Godzilla did a terrible thing in Tokyo yeah. today. That's literally the first Godzilla, Brandon. The first one, but past the first one. It's it's more like, oh, it's happening. Are we going to have trouble when we finally get around to Shin Godzilla? Are you going to be like, why are you bumming me out, guys? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> throw, throw in uh, just a really dumb movie beforehand, and I would I'll, yeah. I'll get the, the tone. Yeah. But I think for this one, it was like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, this... Okay, they're taking a realistic angle with this. Was interesting. I could fully imagine a, t- a version of this movie. One thing I thought was surprising that never never cut in the movie was like a, a match cut with her doing something and the monster doing the exact same thing. Yeah, they avoid that. They avoid that. They do things close to it where it's like they're holding a camera up. Yeah, yeah they're watching the live stream in frame with her doing the thing. Yeah, so let's bring up that. that uh, that's how <laughs> the rest yeah. of this like alcoholic friend group that she's kind of gathered... Yeah. Yeah, she wants to prove it to them, so she brings them out, and she does, like, a very specific dance in front of them while they watch it on the screen. And they go, oh my god, it's real! And that's when Jason Sudeikis, stepping in to see her, figures, at, to try and help her when, like, they're firing on her, and we find out that she can feel it on she her. Can, I thought it was gonna be, like, I thought that was gonna be more important plot point. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be, like, really blood. Yeah. I fully, because she was wearing a white shirt, and I'm like, yeah. I fully expect... That after the missile's hit, or she looks over and there's like blood coming out. But yeah, that's not something they ever really do much, much with. with. They probably could have just not done that. It also it, it does raise a couple of questions because like, uh, because of the fact that like, then how didn't she feel when she's stepping through all those buildings? Yeah, she'd be like, "Oh, my feet, shit, shit, shit," yeah. or like anything else like that. It's like, yeah. It, it, I think it, they probably could have just not done that. Yeah, like, just have her accidentally destroy one of the helicopters and she, like, fucking faints from, like, anxiety realizing she just accidentally killed someone. Yeah, because that's not a plot point that comes back. So they're doing that, and I know, I want to say that the Jason Sudeikis guy, um, the only thing, going to this movie, I remember, I think it was Red Letter Media or yeah. some review thing, talked about... I don't remember if it was a full review. It was probably one of their year wrap-ups. They gave, I, like, ten minutes to it. Okay, I think so. But I, when I was watching that, I remember... There was like, okay, Jason Sudeikis is a, does some bad stuff in this movie. That's all I remember. Yeah. I was like, he's kind of the antagonist. <laughs> but I feel like even if you didn't know that going in, they don't frame him fully like he's the... Like, oh, I'm a perfect romantic yeah. interest. Like, there's those weird oh, moments. Oh, it's like, so during the first party, there's this moment where, like... Where a guy goes to kiss her, and she's not into it, so she backs off, and it's like, it, but they've been, like, flirting all night. So, like, yeah. it's just, a, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, and she's like, oh, no, no, and then 
He Jason like, he's like, what are you like, doing? White knight super hard. Where he's like, like, what are you doing during yeah. our first night? Yeah. How could you do this? It's like, okay, all right, okay, dude, okay, dude. But then it's like he shows up to her house, like, with a big TV, and he's like, oh, I remember you mentioning that, and, like... And it's it, they keep this ambiguous, and I like that, whether or not the, these were actually conversations they had when they were yeah, drunk. Yeah, because we never see any of that. Or if he's, like, gaslighting her, and, like... Yeah. To give her gifts and not make it seem weird. Yes. Because it's mentioned that, oh, he used to be, he was seeing someone and they they had a baby. And then. But then, like, whatever, whatever happened. Just, yeah. Yeah, she, and she then, left. Oh, God, when we see his house, it's so gross. Uh, it's like, but, oh, like, but we're getting there. So Jason yeah. Sudeikis realizes yeah. that when he goes onto the playground, he's a robot. Yeah. He's a giant robot as big as the monster. And the whole world's like, oh my god, are they working together? Are they enemies? Like, what the heck's going on here? But yeah, so she feels bad about accidentally fainting and killing a bunch of people. Like, the monster falling <laughs> yeah. on him and stuff. And, and so, Jason Sudeikis helps her, uh, helps her write a, uh, a letter in Korean, uh, that, that she can write into the sand as the monster to let them know that she doesn't mean harm. Yeah, and she's like, like, oh, I'm sorry I did this. I won't hurt anybody again. I apologize. And it's like, it's a little conflicting among the reactions, but it's generally like, oh, good, yay. I knew it. The monster was a good monster. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a line Best the line in the movie. <laughs> I knew it. So that happens. And then um, and later on... Anne Hathaway. But yeah, so Anne like, Hathaway, she, uh, this isn't really that plot. I think it's very character relevant, but it's not that plot relevant. But she fucks the, the hot guy from the posse. Yeah, she fucks the hot guy. And, but then, and um, I don't mean Mr. Sudeikis, uh, which apparently Olivia Wilde would agree. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Sorry, Ted. Sorry, Ted Lasso. <laughs> oh, dang. So what, what happened was, uh... So the next day after she fucks, after she sleeps with the guy, she wakes up and there's a news broadcast of the robot threatening the business district. Yeah. And, and she's like, shit. And she runs over there and she realizes that like. That he, that he, he and, that he's fucking around. Yeah. He's like, whoa. Like, yeah. just a, like, you know, just having fun with his power, even though it's like threatening so many people. And he's like, whoa, look at me. Like, he's like, you know, he's holding a thing of liquor. He's, yeah. he's shit faced. He's like, oh, I'm having, oh, I'm mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm having problems. So it's yeah. like, oh, shit. So basically they have a little confrontation where she basically, like, with, la like, visual language points the robot, get out of here. And he won't, so she slaps him. So she slaps him, and then he leaves. And, he, and like, they give it you a second where it's like... Is he gonna fucking hit her? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's like the music is building. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh. But then that becomes like a viral thing. Like that's all everybody's talking about is like yeah. the, like oh my god, you know, go, go monster, screw yeah. you, robot, like kind of thing. Yeah, and then she's like, so he. That's when he really starts becoming controlling. Yeah. And like he. So the big thing I want to mention. Remember, um, for I mentioned this earlier. Is that she is now working for him at the bar? Yeah. She's a like the bar. She's a bar a waitress. With it. He and offered he her a bar. job to get some money. And yes. And at first it's like, oh, a nice thing. But then they're like, after the video thing, mm -hmm. he's suddenly like, oh, by the way, can you like turn off that projector right now? Yeah. We don't want to waste any money here. And then one of her, one of the other friends is like, oh, I'll do it. And he's like, no, 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 she'll do it. Like, that's her job. Yeah. 
So it's like it's very clear, like, uh-oh, someone's a little fragile. Yeah, and it's just... But yeah, so he start, And this is where I wonder... I think the movie heavily implies that it's specifically around... This is, like, he's specifically towards his friends, otherwise been all his life, a, uh, towards his male friends, a a good guy. But with women, he's yeah. very creepy and controlling. Because it's like, this seems to be, all of this stuff that's coming out, like him fucking, because a big thing is like, his best friend of the group is character actor Tim Blake Nelson, a guy I love. Great, great uh, actor. Who, uh, and, like, he, out of nowhere, just, like, starts laying into him about, like, the fact that... He's, like, a drug addict. Yeah, and they're, like, they've all been pretty sure for years that Tim Blake Nelson is, like, snorting coke. Yeah. Uh, when no one's looking, and, like... Because it's, like, it's, I think it's, I think that's what happens after he starts defending her. Yeah, he tries. Like he to, tries to like, you know, de-escalate the situation. He's yeah. like, "Shut the fuck up." We all know what yeah. you're doing when you go to the bathroom for a so while. So it's very clear that he's like, that like this is like a guy who has been outwardly very nice, but had but inside has a lot of very bad toxic stuff going on. Is like that Anne Hathaway coming back and kind of rejecting him is a catalyst for him starting to externalize that stuff. Yeah, starting to be really ooh with all that stuff going on. But yeah, so he so he starts acting really controlling and like he's trying to force her to keep living as an alcoholic when she's trying to be better mm. so that because so that she can be a part of their crew still. And oh yeah, she he like pours her a drink. It's like, oh it's gonna be another late night. Yeah. When she's like trying not to drink and like uh oh Yeah and he literally starts threatening her that he will go and start destroying neighborhoods in Seoul unless she unless she keeps the job and she keeps doing everything or the weirdest thing was after that happened the first like the slap thing the next day uh, he suddenly gives her more furniture yeah and then that's when uh, no that's not after the slap that's after their big fight that happens after the scene we're currently talking oh okay so then after he threatens that, uh, she they get like into it again. Come monster time in the park, eight oh five. Like he doesn't start hitting her, but he's like restraining her super hard and like 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 bear, bear hug, hugging bear from hug the bottom squeeze. and like and like it's getting tenser and tenser. And then afterwards, he's like, "I'm sorry, I was an asshole," and he like tries to give her. An entire house's worth of furnishings to make up for it. Carpets, chairs, yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, oh my god. And it's like, the uh, the guy she slept with is like going along with it. And I'm like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. It's like, he, he clearly isn't comfortable with it, but he's not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Like, he's active, you know, bystander and all that. Or like, passive bystander. Yeah. So that that's not good stuff that's happening. And yeah. after this, and he gets this cult through his stuff, she's like, no, like fuck this. I'm gonna talk. Like I'm gonna talk with him. Yeah. And she goes to his house, and that's where it's like super unsettling. And yeah, because he, he's living like in a hoarder's place. Yeah, like there's stuff everywhere on the walls. 
Like it's super run, like super run down to and not taking care of himself or the place. Mm-hmm. There's like a picture of what's clearly what he brought up earlier as that girl he was seeing and the baby and her face is just scratched out. Yeah. It's like, I don't think she lost interest. I, th- I think she like, after seeing this, yeah, like wanted to get out of that yeah. situation. And then, so. so yeah, so then she finds out that her ex boyfriend is back in town. Yeah, and her ex boyfriend's bad as well, just in yeah. different ways. More, more of like the 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 oh, New York kind of. He's less. He's not abusive, but he's just a bad boyfriend. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Like, not the same level as... Um, Sudeikis. Sudeikis, but a different one that's more like... When he calls and she's like, oh, I'm doing better. I got myself a job. And she's like, oh, what are you doing? The waitress is like, oh, wow. I used to give you money, but now you're working for tips. Okay. And he says that as if that it wouldn't be considered... That, like, this, that's that, a job. That's... That's <laughs> a job. <laughs> but, yeah, so then... But yeah, so he, and she takes him to see the bar, and Jason Sudeikis starts hounding him, seeing the ex, and like... Oh yeah, and he's like... This is... Hey, you want a beer? Possibly my favorite scene in the movie? It's mine. Yeah. The firecracker scene? Yeah, so he like... This is like, in a a movie that was, like I said, I think this is a good movie, I think it has some issues and stuff, but I think this is a, you know, an enjoyable watch, a good movie. If this was like like oh like an Oscar level movie, this would be like the the yeah. part where you win the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a he to flex on Dan Stevens. Sudeikis goes into this monologue asking him, "What do you think the most irresponsible thing ever done in this bar is?" He's and like, then and like he names a bunch of stuff, and then he takes out a fight. A like, like let's let's play the situation here. Like the tension's building. There's one yeah. like regular. It's in the morning. There's like a regular. It's the monster's a good monster guy. Yeah, it's, it's the good monster guy. Yeah, and it's a old, you know, an older regular in the back, and it's like, hey, can I get a thing of coffee? Coffee, and it has to start staying. He's like, oh no, you stay here. Yeah. And it's like, I'll get you a second, Lenny. And then he comes in. And there's a few other regulars in the bar, and he's like, do this monologue. Like, yeah, you know what's the weirdest, most responsible thing? You know, and a couple of asses have been showing this bar, but it's nothing like that. And, and then, then he, he keeps building out, and building. Yeah. And then he's like, he starts going on a monologue about. He switches the monologue into being about this firecracker he owns and he brings it out and it's like it's like one of those ones you buy for the 4th of July to like just fucking like on its own (laughs) it's it's like a fucking size of a drum yeah and and he's and he's lights it in the bar and fucking all the rest of the regulars are like running out of there like oh my god the place is on fire now and his point is that was the most irresponsible thing that's ever been done in this bar and she still won't leave with you. She'll stay here. <laughs> and it's like, oh. It's like, oh, God. Kind of like, like a power play thing. Where yeah. It's like, I can burn this place nearly to the ground. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to want to leave. It's like, oh, God. And which which led yeah. you know it being like, this guy's going to get an Oscar. Yeah, somewhere. Jason Sudeikis is going <laughs> to win an Oscar one day. It's going to... I can see it. Oh, my God. I, I want him to be in a... More like high profile movie. Yeah. Like I mean Ted Lasso, I think he he won the Emmy for Ted Lasso, right? I don't know. I've I I been following that. That's a good I show. But the um but yeah, he's a great actor in this. And I think he like we've all like especially coming from a small town, like we are like we all know someone like this guy. Yeah. 
Conference all tabs. We know guys like that. Yeah. They're like, they seem nice and serious, but there's some weird stuff. And then you start digging deeper and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. I thought he was going to be doing a lot worse things in this movie, thankfully not. I was like, there was like a little thing. Like, I I had a bad theory. I really didn't want to have to, thankfully it didn't. Where I was like, is she missing her memory because he's like drugging her or something? Oh, so, thankfully she's just good old blackout drunk. Which is like, yeah. not good either, of course. Yeah, well, but yeah, you'd know... You know these guys in your hometown. We once knew a guy who did a John Waters, in, but instead of on a chicken, on a dog. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. So um, so that happens in the movie, and then she's like, "Oh no, this is happening." So she decides to take this into her own hands. We weren't friends with him for the record. Yeah, this was what, we, like uh, we knew whoa. him. He was in our high school. <laughs> we did not like this kid. In fact, my little brother, I think, punched him once. <laughs> Go Dylan! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So what happened was uh, after she gets, uh, she's like, you know, downtrodden. She, it looks like she's leaving with the ex-boyfriend. But instead she travels to Seoul. Yeah. And she realizes that be- the monster, the her monster come spawns like halfway around the world, wherever she is. Yeah. Oh yeah, so she does the, I, I really like this resolution. And I think... You know, it'd be a cool twist on the rules even without the ex- science explanation. And I wonder if they felt the need for that explanation because of the machinations of this. But I think it would work. I think the climax would work without the thing of the idea of figuring, you know, I wonder if going to Seoul would make the monster show up in my hometown. Because, like, we could have just had instead of the that, you know, that flashback. I think, yeah. is that when the flashback scene happens? Uh, no, the flashback scene happens, uh, oh, in the last confrontation she personally has with Sudeikis, where after the, uh, firecracker scene, he... Oh, yeah, they're at the park she again. Goes ho- she goes home, and he's there, and then 805 comes, and they both race, like, she, they both are racing to, to get to the park, and she's, like, hitting Sudeikis with chairs and stuff, to try and prevent him from going and killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And then, but he, you know, he he does get there, and that's when he finally hits her. He, like, punches her, and then he kicks her in the gut. But, yeah, so, but, yeah, that happens in between. But then, you know, she goes to Seoul, and, you know, to do some soul searching. <gasps> you could uh, say. You could say that. Uh, then she, uh fights uh but the, yeah so her monster spawns in the playground and she picks up Sedakis and throws him chucks him and the robot well, he's gonna have the nastiest death chucks him god it's so good yes. one thing i thought was interesting that i don't maybe this is just a subtle thing metaphory stuff yeah so there's one line that the one of the you know, alcoholic friends brings up about how no, it had to be like it has to be controlled by something because the the monster never looks down. It's always looking yeah. like straight ahead. Yeah. But you notice in the climax, the monster looks down. Like when it's like grabbing Sedicus. Yeah. Like he the monster looks down to grab him. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a moment where it's like, oh, she connected with it or something, and like now she can see through it a bit. No, I thought the monster looking down thing was because she wasn't looking down at the streets because the streets weren't there for her. She was walking through the oh. playground. 
Yeah. So it still follows her eye movement. It's just she yeah. never had a reason to look down before. Yeah, because okay. she didn't know there was stuff, but... The, yeah, so she grabs yeah. grabs him, throws him way far away, yeah. and then the final scene is in a bar. <laughs> yeah, so she goes to a bar, and she's, like, about to say, tell, so, tell the amazing story, and you think you're about, and the bartender's like, do you want a drink? And you think you're about to get, like, the cliched a water, please kind of line. Yeah. But instead, she just gives, like, this exasperated, <sighs> realizing that she does still want to <laughs> drink. Still wants the alcohol. Yeah. And, and that's where we cut the credits. Yeah. So and I really like that ending beat a lot. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's a fun thing for what the movie's going for. So yeah. one thing I want to bring up about a mo there's a few, uh, it's a high concept movie. So a few things are going to... Be a little more, uh, you know, hit or miss for me. <laughs> the the scene where Sadie is speaking. Oh yeah, stops. we ta- we talked about this because after he beats the shit out of her, he walks through and they met and they match the visual of him walking through with the audio of what it's like over in Seoul. Where it's like as, smashing yeah. and destruction, yeah. and I just thought it was silly. <laughs> I, I, I just, my connection broke that moment. It came back later. Yeah. But I was like, that's why I was like, he must have had a lot of fun filming that. Because <laughs> it's just big stomping. Oh, like, if they wanted to do a match cut, you do it there. <laughs> you do it there is what I wanted. Yeah, I do think it would have been better if he just walked through like normal and we still hear the destruction. Because like, it's not like... I don't think lifting the knees is what makes... Like, the destruction. Like, yeah. that could be strong. Like, he just slowly yeah. walks away, and it's like, yeah. no matter what he's doing here, he's still, he's destroying things. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just the, oh, like, over-exaggerated, like, yeah. like stomping, and she's, like, crying. It's like, you can redub that with, like, polka music. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd have a very different feeling. <laughs> smack, smack, and she's crying, and it's, and it's like... Meme caption when the when the polka hits. <laughs> so I don't think there's. I don't think we could have a very fun make it gritty here because what's our make it gritty? <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown realizes that she can control a kaiju. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that would be it. That'd be it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> she realizes that when she walks into a certain movie studio. Or would it be introducing alcoholism to the <laughs> to the monster verse? Godzilla. As your sponsor, I don't think this is a good idea. Okay, Godzilla would not be the alcoholic. You know who it's I think. Rodan. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you Rod- knew where I was going. Rodan <laughs> used to be a star pilot. Mm-hmm. But he used to hang out in those bars a little too long before the flight. I'm just imagining like the trailer for this with like that same over dramatic cover of Danger Zone that's going in all those Top Gun two trailers. Oh my god! Do 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 God, that is talk about how effective fucking propaganda is that. The Top Gun movies are essentially those YouTube ads for the U.S. military I used to get before the algorithm realized I was queer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait a second. <laughs> and and it's Top Gun is essentially a... The movies are essentially feature-length ones of those, and yet every time I see the Top Gun 2 trailer, I'm like, huh, I don't even like the first Top Gun, but this looks kick-ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so uh, do we have anything else to talk about, or do, are we gonna go see Sonic Two? I think it's about time to go see some Sonic Two. Gotta uh, go fast. Gotta go fast. I think this is a good time. Yeah. Um, I I would recommend it, but I think it has I some would, things. Sudeikis' performance alone. Yes, yeah, makes it worth a watch. Is amazing. See you next time, baby. Catch you then.